The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tolst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. Keep the music flowing. We'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Hey there, I'm Consequences Sound film editor Dominic Suzanne Mayer, host of Filmography, a filmmaker's podcast. Every quarter I spotlight a different visionary director and team up with a rotating panel of guests for a comprehensive dive into that director's body of work. From style to performance to the little things you might not have caught on a first, second, or third viewing, Filmography turns the lens around for a closer look at the greatest visionaries of the silver screen. Find us at Consequences Sound, iTunes, or wherever you procure fine podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, wherever you're listening from right now, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with these interviews uh, that we put out three times a week or more. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest is E from the band Ills. He's got a great new record called The Deconstruction. And uh, we talk about the ins and outs of the record. He also addresses the hiatus between the last two albums. Then we're going to hop in the time machine, go back 20 years to talk about Electroshock Blues and 25 years for his Broken Toy Shop LP. We'll get into his uh, inclusion on the Netflix show Love, the super fandom of John Hamm, and his life with Steve Perry. It's Kyle Meredith with Eels. How you doing? I'm well. I believe now I'm talking to a free man of London from what I've uh, just read on the Internet. seems like a very big honor. It's true. Oddly enough, it's true. It's, I mean, you know, nobody knows what that means in America, but it, it's the same thing as, like, the key to the city. Oh, okay. I try to impress, like, my British friends and rock stars. Like, I said to Pete Townsend, uh, are you a freeman of the city of London? And he said, no, he's not. And the best he got was the key to the city of Philadelphia. <laughs> You've so, traded. Like, I don't get it. Like, so I've, I've nominated uh, them to give this honor that they've bestowed upon me to this up-and-coming young talent, Pete Townsend. <laughs> I'm here to help call attention to the, the, new, the newbies. Yeah, we appreciate your service. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, for what it's worth, though, I mean, a key to the city is not nothing. And, and you're talking about one of the, you know, the, the greatest cities in the world right there, the biggest cities in the world, you know, that's... How does that come about? Like, did someone nominate you? Yeah, somebody um, in the you know government or whatever. I don't know how things work in England, but somebody nominated me, and uh, you know, I, I'd never heard of it before. It's, it's just something that came up on our last tour, and we looked it up, and everyone said like, "Yeah, you should do this. It'll be fun." And it doesn't really do you much good. It's got all these ridiculous 
things about like if you're picked up by the police drunk, supposedly they don't uh, put you in jail. They put you in a taxi home. <laughs> I don't know if that's still true. That might be from the, you know, the 1700s or something. And you can herd your flock of sheep across London Bridge. <laughs> uh, there's stuff like that. And I was hoping like it would come in handy when I'm going through customs, which is always a tough customs experience, the, the British uh, customs. They're very, you know, British. So I tried it once and they weren't impressed. You know, I said, you know, by the way, I'm a freeman of the city. <laughs> one, and the lady was just, just rolled her eyes. Uh, but I, I did have some luck with it this last time. I, I tried it just a few weeks ago and uh, I, I brought the uh, freeman tie and cufflinks that they recently presented to me at our show in London. And I brought that <laughs> with me into the customs and uh, they looked it up on the internet and everything and they, they actually seemed sort of impressed so it i feel like it kind of helped me get through a little faster somewhere in there right yeah we have um i, I I'm, I'm sure like any other mayor our mayor probably does present keys to the city but we i know we have the kentucky colonels around here where you could be nominated and become a colonel uh and you could as well and it's probably somewhat similar to the same thing like i have friends that are colonels but i don't know that it gets oh, them any kind of discount you know I want to be a colonel. Who can nominate me? Because I just want everyone to have to call me Colonel Everett. We can make that happen. I have. I know people <laughs> that can make I'm, that happen. Make that happen, please. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do anything. Anything for E. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Well, let's get uh, the music part of this too, because uh, Eels have a new record with the deconstruction. It's uh, it's another beautiful record that I've really been enjoying around here. And there is, I guess, there's a bit of story to this one. Is that right? I mean, there is, there is a definite what four year kind of space in between, uh, which yeah. meant something. Yeah, I mean, I just got to the point where I was just, you know, I hit a wall. Like normal, normal people take vacations every once in a while, and I was going for twenty, twenty five years nonstop, and I just never took a break. And at some point, if your life is too one sided, it catches up and lets it be known to you that something needs to stop or change. So I just got to that point where I realized, like, oh, I've been paying attention to one side of life only pretty much for too long. And so the uh, songs in the meantime, though, you didn't stop writing, obviously. Mostly I did. I mean, my goal was to not work at all as much as possible or if I did for it to be work that I don't normally do. And But I did give myself the luxury of, well, if I wake up one day and I'm so inspired, like I feel like i got to write and record a song now six months before the next one would happen. And I never, for a long time, during that four-year break, I never thought, like, I'm making an album. I was just making songs here and there. And it wasn't until very late in that, during that break, that it started to rear its ugly head, and I realized there was an album forming. It's a really good album. That first line, I mean, it's a hell of a line to start with. The deconstruction has begun. Time for me to fall apart. I, know. I was just, thinking, you know, I was. Just, I mean, I was just thinking about like what I was kind of going through by having that break, and uh, I was, you know, just looking at my life in the last twenty-five years. Like, what have I done wrong? What have I done right? What could I do more right? And I was thinking about how, like, you know, what's underneath all the defenses we spend most of our lives building up? What's, what's our core? And, and I was thinking it was maybe like a an innocence that we all start out with. And I was just trying to tear everything down and get back to some of that. I really enjoyed a line you wrote on uh, the Eels website, uh, which I guess is sort of what you said you put in place of the bio this time around because you said, and, and there are times you have to tear something apart to find something beautiful inside. And it sounds like that's sort of what you're getting at right here. 
Well, I, you know, another way to capsulize it is uh, you could say uh, I f- feel like we should all strive to be more Mr. Rogers and less Donald Trump. Absolutely. A hundred percent. That might then lead into another song that really caught my ear because that was In Our Cathedral, which you also talked about. That that sort of follows that line, doesn't it? That one to me is about that we all have a place we can go to within ourselves. And all it really is is the ability to make the choice to accept your reality, whatever it is, and decide to be happy with it. Which is a little bit easier said than done these days if you, you know. For sure. If you've got any yeah. kind of news on whatsoever to, for any kind of media. You know, I mean, I live sort of in an NPR yeah. world over here, but it's still inundation. Yeah, it's hard. But, you know, like I, I look at it like, you know, every day you, know, you turn on the news and it's just such a shit show. And then all you can do is, you know, try to pitch in however you can in your way and then, then look at the good things about whatever's going on in your life. I'll bring up a, another interview I did last year. Um, since you've already name dropped one, I'll name drop two. But uh, okay. uh, I, I was talking with Guy Garvey from Elbow, and they had just released their record last year. And I found it very interesting that, you know, while we were all experiencing, you know, the election madness, he had just fallen in love. And so what you have is this really interesting filter for how he saw the world at the time, because he was very much in his love bubble. Uh, I kind of wondered if, if you were going through something similar, because I, I don't know if I have the timeline right. I, I know you're, uh, you're a father, um, and, and I think uh, you, you have a very young child, which would mean, like, while all this was going on, you, you might have been very hyper-focused on something else, which seems to be a luxury, actually, to me. First of all, that, that's not really uh, on the same level as Pete Townsend name-dropping, so I feel like I'm winning <laughs> So far. Absolutely. Uh, I appreciate I appreciate the effort. It's very cute. <laughs> Maybe I hope your next one's gonna be um yeah, no, I totally had that experience with like basically around the time Donald Trump became president or it looked like he was maybe gonna become president it was you know, when I found out that I was having my first child and it's just you know, it's this terrible <laughs> you're like, Okay, welcome to Earth, little guy. Donald Trump is the president and everything is complex. But, yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. I, I guess that would sort of affect, you know, the way if, if you're going to be writing about kind of worldviews that, you know, it, it would sort of I don't know, not mask it. Mask it isn't the right word I'm going for here, but it would definitely maybe offer some escape if you needed it. Yeah, I, you know, I, I try to stay positive about all this by thinking about how it's a cyclical you know, history and everything goes off course for eight years or so and then it all has to be reversed and it's you know it's daunting to think about how much work is ahead to repair all the damage is being done but you know you got to try to stay positive there are a few little instrumentals on the record that i wondered if they're strategically placed because it almost feels like you know if you're thinking of it like a play and it's sort of how i listen to it i'll put it that way you know i, I sort of listen to this in a way like a little play and the instrumentals are when the curtain came in, and and when it came back out, it was almost like every single time was a whole different, whole different scenario. Was is is that my own perception, or was there any kind of strategy in in what was going on there? I really like doing that kind of little instrumental vignette thing uh, for many reasons. Uh, you know, it's like sort of a palate cleanser. Sometimes you need to shift gears between two certain songs or it's just a bridge in the story sometimes and the thing that i really like about it is with instrumental music versus music as vocals there's 
it's just pure feeling because there can't be anything cerebral about music that doesn't have lyrics. So it can take, you know, the listener, like, really just to their own place, and it can serve them in any way that they need it to serve them at that point. I mean, of course, it's also, like, such a, you know, we're talking about such an antiquated concept here that, you know, really laboring hard over getting the flow. And, you know, like, for me, it's really important, like, how many seconds of silence is in between each song and, you know, versus the reality, then it comes out, and it's like, oh, most people aren't really, like, playing an album all the way through, you know? But still something that I, I really feel strongly about making, even if nobody listens to it that way. Well, it's certainly how I heard it. I mean, that's that's how I... I'm not 20, you know, I'm 36, so I guess I'm still writing that line, but uh, it's still an album world uh, as far as I'm concerned. So I appreciate the time you put in. I really do. So I, I also like to kind of play around the big number anniversaries. I really enjoy that. Uh, it, it's It somehow works naturally with what's going on here because uh, Mickey uh, Petralia, is that how you say the name, Petralia? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I know it was part of the production for some of this. Uh, first time since Electroshock Blues, which just so happens to be on its uh, 20th anniversary right now. Were you guys aware of that, that it was going to hit like that? Wow, even stranger yesterday. You know, I just got home mm-hmm. from our two-month tour, and yesterday I was pushing my uh, – my son Archie through the neighborhood in a stroller and just happened to run into Mickey. He was sitting in traffic at a traffic light and pulled over and we caught up for a while. It's the first time I've seen him in like a year. And no, I had no idea that there was an anniversary. Yeah, so it just uh... we would have celebrated yesterday had we known. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, that was um, you know such a great record in itself and. Uh, you know, from what I always knew about it, uh, you know, it was written during a dark time. And, and I don't know if you go back and listen, but I, I sort of am curious, you know, if, if you does that still affect how you hear a record like that? You know, even one so long ago about what was going on during that time? Uh, I had to listen to it once a couple of years ago when um, they, they put out a uh, DreamWorks box set of vinyl that had all been remastered and I had to approve the mastering so I had I did have to sit down and listen to it and that's always a weird experience and, and very often I'm just you know have a hard time listening to old stuff because I'm just like disappointed about thinking about all the stuff that I could have done differently and you know the usual tortured artist stuff but I was kind of struck by um it was you know it was painful to listen to a lot of it because of the subject matter but I was also kind of struck by how much I liked a lot of it too I really liked like the rawness and the homemade feel and how it was all just sort of stitched together in a weird way. And some good guest appearances on there. I mean, what, uh, T-Bone Burnett, Lisa Germano, uh, John Bryan, Grantley Phillips? Yeah, well, the, yeah, the thing I did with uh, T-Bone and John Bryan on one song was uh, it's very. this is a very crafty idea that other artists should consider uh, as a way to get free producers. So, like, I, I, produ- I produced a song called uh, Climbing to the Moon, and I invited T-Bone to play bass on it and John Bryan to play organ on it, and then you just sit back and watch them. They can't stop themselves. They just start producing. <laughs> and, <laughs> but you're not paying them a million dollars. You're paying them a session for you to play an instrument. Very smart. It, it, listening to it again recently kind of made me, like, I, I'm, I'm really, you know, all for creating new sounds and, and artist exploration, but there's one sort of thing from that era that I miss these days that no one really tackles anymore, and that was that that upright bass jazz thing that everyone sort of incorporated around that time. Uh, John Bryan was doing it with a lot of people, but, uh, you know, and I, I know it was in a, 
least a couple spots, I think, during this album, too. And I don't know where that came from. Like, do you have any sense of why that was such an interesting, popular sound at the time? I don't remember being conscious that it was a thing. That was a phenomenon. I don't really remember that. Who was doing it? Well, that was, uh, like, Fiona Apple's first record was just, like, this filled with it and it just seemed like everybody like um there was a trip-hop thing going on and everyone was sort of putting these little jazz inflections in 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 some of their songs and i think a lot of it came down to you know that upright bass the, the sound that that gives dody was doing it of course a lot with so coughing and it, oh it, yeah right yeah. yeah it just seemed to be everywhere well, luckily there. luckily it didn't really catch on <laughs> Not a fan here, I see. Not uh, not sharing in my uh, love and experience. No, I love I, I love upright bass, but I, you know, just the way the way you're describing it is like a like an alternative rock. Yes, you know, match up with it with jazz sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> it's exactly what it was, but you know, and and maybe it was a time and place for me. It it really sat right with me at the time, and uh, I don't know, I got good memories of that one. Anyway, another one I, I wanted to bring up too, as far as the big anniversaries, uh, Broken Toy Shop's twenty five this year. Uh, I think it's out of print. Do you can do, does any of that early stuff ever get the re release treatment? Do you do you look back on that and say, yeah, let's put it out there again? I don't. You know, I mean, it might still be in print for all I know, but it's. Uh... When when the Eels came out, those two E records like got reissued. And, you know, they're you know it was a different company, and so they're like, yeah, let's cash in on this. That's how it works. But I mean, that was you know that record was so completely unknown and buried. You know, like they, they put it out in December of I think 1993, and uh, it just quickly died. And then I got dropped from the label, and that was the end of that. So that's that's a very obscure record. It's too bad. It really is too bad. Uh, I don't know. Probably rightly so. I'm sure it doesn't hold up. I don't recommend it. I haven't heard it in a long time. I, I and I will freely admit I don't quite remember what's on it. But um, you know, I'm a fan, so I don't either. And I, I kind of want to keep it that way. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> compliments, by the way. You know, it, it was kind of fun turning on the old Netflix box. We watched all of Love. Seeing you pop in and out of there. Uh, good experience for you. Oh, it was a great experience. That was super fun. Yeah. And you know, I mean, it was half fun and half terrifying because I'm, you know, I'm not an actor, so but I got so lucky to be able to do it with all these really great actors that were giving me tips and helping me learn. Yeah. You know, to like to be able to act with Gillian Jacobs who's just such a good actor and, and she's like, you know, teaching me. It's fantastic. So you've got the lessons learned now. I mean, you, you want to do more of that? Is there any kind of aspiration to try to go further down that path? I mean, I would if it was something that felt like a a good fit. I mean, that one wasn't that big a stretch. I was basically playing an even more pretentious <laughs> version of myself, just, you know, a pretentious hipster, Silver Lake musician. So I don't know what other kind of parts, you know, I might be good for, probably, you know, criminals. Well, while we're, you know, sort of in the Hollywood land there, too, I'll ask this one directly. Is John Hamm an Eels groupie? Is that what's going on here? Well, I wouldn't call him a groupie because that would... That, <laughs> That would speak of, you know, we, there was some sort of sexual thing or something going on. And, and while I do find him an extremely handsome man, I, it, it hasn't gone that far. <laughs> so just a, just a fan. Well, yeah, it turns out that uh, he's, I think he's been coming since like the E before the E old days. Like, you know, I think he might be one of the only guys that has broken toy shop. <laughs> I know he's a big fan. I, I, I have no John Hamm story. I stood next to him while watching My Morning Jacket at Bonnaroo once, but that's that's about that's it. A, so. That's a John. That's a great John Hamm story. <laughs> he stood there with his chin out because he has a pronounced chin. 
like he was analyzing every song, and uh, Galifianakis was right in front of him, singing every single word to every song. So it turns out that Zach's wow. a MMJ superfan. I, I wasn't aware of that either. Yeah, who knew? Who knew? Uh, by default, you've also sort of become the uh, the expert on where is Steve Perry these days. I don't know if you know where Steve Perry is these days, but uh, we're hoping you might have an update on if uh, if we're going to hear more from Steve Perry in the future. I don't know. You know, we, we have stayed in touch, but he's been a little bit elusive lately. I don't know what is going on with him. Uh, you know, he moves in mysterious ways. It's going to be sort of an interesting, unexpected part of your career, though. The, uh, you know, I mean, you, you can be associated with anyone because it's ultimately a you know, small industry after you've been in it for a while, but I don't I don't know. Did that one seems like it would be a bit more peculiar to me, at least. That was a real, cur- yeah. That was a real curveball, and it was a good lesson for me, though, because I, when I grew up in Virginia and Journey was on the radio all the time, I always hated it. I was not into it. It just wasn't my cup of tea. And so when he became unexpectedly a part of my life, I was always sort of fighting it. And the good lesson in it for me was now I love Journey. You know, I, as a as a result of knowing Steve and the experiences we've had and then playing the songs with him. It, uh, now, it's, you know, when it comes on the radio, I, I turn it up. So you just never know. You know, it's, it's, it's a nice thing, I think, about getting older, too. Like, some of your rough edges soften and you start to see, like, oh, why, why was I being so uh, difficult about that? There's no need. Let, let some of the love in tell you having a kid changes things quite a bit as well because never ever would i expect to put on starship but once my he's now 10 you know a couple years ago at at eight years old you know he falls in love with we built this city and all of that stuff and i went through the same thing it was like you know what that's really fun is it gonna get that bad for me this is bad news no it's absolutely i'm gonna have to build this city on rock and roll (laughs) you'll be knee deep in that hoopla as they say oh man don't fight it e you've taken the lesson that i just gave it an example and, and taking it to a ridiculous extreme. <laughs> well, I'm going to end it here with, uh, so, you know, you started out with Pete Townsend. I didn't win with Guy Garvey, but I have had Robert Plant on my show this year, and I did dance with Bono at a sound check. So hopefully that's... A- okay, you win. I can't compete with dancing with Bono. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. The Who is top five all-time favorite bands, uh, and I've never, ever, ever met any of them, so... Well, let's call it a draw, then. Let's call it a draw. This was uh, a lot of fun, E. I really appreciate this. Uh, A big congratulations. It's great to have you back on the deconstruction. I love what you do, and I hope you just keep on doing it. Thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care out there, and we'll see you around. You too. All right. Bye. Hey, my thanks to E from Eels for that call right there. The latest record is called The Deconstruction. And it's out now. Don't forget you can subscribe to Consequence of Sound's YouTube channel to keep up with your favorite artists and interviews. Of course, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, uh, go ahead and hit the subscribe there, too, and uh, and give a rating, leave a review as well. Then you can head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern, where you can also find some bonus episodes of this series over there. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.